Oh my god, we're back with another episode of Ramsey's Recaps, and it's weird because I didn't press record. Alana, welcome back. This is your podcast now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> Alana's back. <laughs> Hi. It's Alana's season two debut. Welcome to, hey. se- welcome to season two. <laughs> Thank you. When was the last episode I was on for? I don't even remember. I think it was Hannah and Mason's. That's right. One of like the 12 episodes. <laughs> was like you gotta have me on for it yeah alana has a short list of episodes that she has to be on for i believe the next one after this is sushiko yeah oh absolutely that one and then the one with the twins like the yes the italian restaurant twins i want to be there that is season three so you're gonna have to wait a minute for that one <laughs> that is a very good episode um this is also a very iconic episode i think i think it's a wild one um mostly for paul and sharon who or not even a couple they just work together fucking sharon man <laughs> i love sharon we're gonna get into sharon but this week gordon is in ridgewood new jersey visiting bazzini a restaurant owned by paul bazzini and his wife leslie bazzini what a name <laughs> i was gonna say they sound like they like run a circus you know yeah this is barnum and barnum for sure <laughs> bazzini like ringmaster bazzini yeah he opened the restaurant five years ago. Uh, he had been working as an executive chef in other restaurants. He says a lot that he's worked with famous chefs, so he's not scared of Gordon. But for some reason, the restaurant he owns is overwhelming and he can't run it correctly. So that's what we're starting with. Yeah, well, not everyone's a businessman, you know? Some people are just meant to be chefs and not owners. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Um <laughs> But yeah, Paul, he he says a lot that he's overwhelmed. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to start. He's very, like, depressed. Like, clearly, like, he has very clearly the signs of depression. And yeah. just, like, refuses to do anything about it. Yeah, he's even straight up, like, I don't like getting out of bed in the morning. Like, every yeah. day is a struggle. <laughs> Which is, like, a big red depression flag. Like, that's the number one flag of, like, I can't get out of bed in the morning. Huh, maybe try Prozac. <laughs> like... Hey! Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag I wish it was. <laughs> I'm on Prozac. Uh, Prozac, if you're listening. <laughs> this is America, where I can be sponsored by drugs, probably. <laughs> So Paul, like, has this ego because he's been featured in magazines. He's had positive reviews. He's worked with famous people. His wife was like, we're going to be very successful because my husband is, like, a famous New York executive chef. He's worked in Manhattan. And so he has, like, this giant ego but nowhere to put it, I guess, in that tiny little kitchen that they have (laughs) because (laughs) the food is not good. You know, Paul's beaten down. He doesn't. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that food. I can't wait. (laughs) Paul also doesn't deal with criticism well, which we will get into. Which you can't. You can't work in a restaurant where food is subjective like that, you know, and not be able to take criticism. (laughs) Yeah, he yells a lot. All the staff don't like him. His wife financially supports the restaurant from her job. And Paul doesn't understand what he's doing wrong. He thinks he's doing everything right. And he thinks nothing needs to change. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, well, then the, the restaurant would be working, sir. <laughs> uh, Leslie says a lot in the talking heads at the beginning. This is all the beginning, like, by the way, of them just, like, saying what's wrong with the restaurant. Gordon's not even there yet. <laughs> Leslie, like, cries and says that there's no college um, funds for their children. 
Paul says, like, none of my accolades mean a hill of beans <laughs> if I can't, like, get this restaurant going. And I was like, is that a saying? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean a hill of beans. You ain't worth a hill of beans. <laughs> like, how fucking rude. <laughs> You're not worth the beans. Oh, my God. I kind of like it more as, like... A replacement for you sack of shit, you know? You're just a hill of beans, you know? You're a hill of beans. <laughs> Although, the way he said it, if it's not worth a hill of beans. Well, no, I guess that implies that a hill of beans is not worth really anything. If yeah. you're so worth nothing that you're worth less than a hill of beans. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast where we break down complex metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> or is that a simile? It just I, I love taking if you ever listen to regular guest of the show elise eldridge's uh podcast pumping up the podcast i am the queen of taking the one thing in the episode that matters the least <laughs> and we talk about it for 40 minutes oh same i fully talked about the way that hannah's bat or miley's bathroom is laid out in her room for like 20 minutes on her podcast because it's absurd <laughs> yeah in your defense it is absurd like why is the toilet against that wall yeah the ground plan of the entire house makes no sense uh anyways not pumping up the podcast there's a little plug for you elise (laughs) we know you're listening (laughs) she's not but (laughs) actually she might be i don't know what people do anyways comment below if you're elise and you're listening (laughs) i'm gonna tell her she has to listen to this episode (laughs) because we talked about her for a long time (laughs) Maybe on our next episode, she'll clap back. We should start beef with her. Ramsey's versus Hannah. Uh, Gordon. No, his last name is Ramsey. Ramsey v. Montana. <laughs> That's our rival podcast. Anyways, Gordon arrives. He walks up to the restaurant. So he says that there are over 60 restaurants in Ridgewood. It's like a very affluent little town in New Jersey. Um, he arrives to Bazzini's, which from the outside, it looks like a pizza place, like a dollar slice kind of place. Like the sign isn't good. Also, Gordon says innovative weird. Did you notice? (laughs) I did notice that. Innovative. (laughs) It was weird that like the thing is pasta, I guess. Well, does it start with pasta? I don't think so. I, I think it starts with like fine dining. Okay, because it did say specifically American cuisine. Yeah. You know? It's like, there's like a clear Italian influence here, though. Yeah, I think he's like doing an American fine dining twist with like, because American fine dining is usually just Italian, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like steaks and or like stuff. steaks and stuff, or like, I guess a chicken milanese, whatever the fuck that is. Like, Yeah, I never heard of that, but that sounds Italian. Yeah, milanese, yeah. So he gets to the restaurant and he's like, mm, I'm starving, ready for lunch, just past all these restaurants. My mouth is a watering. And he, he tries to open the door and surprise, surprise, Bazzini's is closed for lunch. And it's also only open Monday through Thursday. Yeah, no wonder they don't make any fucking money. All of your money is made Friday, Saturday. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like Sunday lunch. Like, come on. Yeah. No, can't confirm. Alana works in a restaurant. She's always working the weekend doubles. I do. I think the last time I was on your podcast, I was still mostly like a host, like an occasional server. And now I'm like a full-blown server. So now I'm like in it with you. Yeah. You know? Alana's in deep. Alana's also now TikTok famous for her restaurant stories. So. Yeah. 
What do you mean, eh? You have 200,000 uh, followers. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gordon is like, what the fuck? They're not open. So he, like, writes his phone number on a piece of paper and, like, slips it under the door. And then just, like, goes and chills on, like, a park bench for a little while. For, like, an hour. <laughs> it's like, here's here's what I thought at this point. Like, you know that every time you go to these restaurants, you're always like, I'm starving. And you know the food is bad. Otherwise, you wouldn't be called there. You yeah. know? Like, the basis of your show is going to shitty restaurants and making them better. So you know you're not going to eat. So you should have just eaten. <laughs> you should have gone to one of those other restaurants, eaten lunch, and then gone. Because, you know, you're not going to have any more than one bite of every dish they give you at the shitty one that you're paid to go to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird the way they edited it. It literally looks like Gordon put, slips his phone number in the door and then just, like, goes and chills on a park bench for, like, a long time. And then, <laughs> the card was, like, one hour. Like, yeah. <laughs> twiddling his little thumbs. And then he... And then Paula arrives to the restaurant and calls Gordon. And Gordon's like, fucking finally. And so he goes back to the restaurant and is like, don't show me a menu. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just, like, cook me food. Because you're, like, a fancy chef. So he does that. He cooks him a lot of food. And it's none of it's good. So Gordon sits down. And the restaurant is very small. It is a shoebox of a restaurant. Yeah. It's really depressing in there. Yeah, it's like everything is kind of yellow with like the old plates on the wall and like a brown booth situation. And Gordon can like stretch his arms out and like his wingspan is the size of the restaurant, like width wise. (laughs) It's really, it's really cramped. It's too small. Like you can't make money in there. It's too small. You would have to make the service be so fast that you can turn all the tables like three times. Well, joke's on them because that's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, like, I mean, we'll talk about it later too, but like a place like that needs to do lunch because yeah. people are in and out, especially like a weekday lunch when it's like business people. Yeah. And you um, only have like just... three items on the menu. It's like a set lunch, you know? Yeah. You turn the tables in an hour and then you get them like a bunch of rounds. You get all the business people in on their lunch breaks and then you got money. Yeah. Paul starts cooking. Um, head waiter Alex arrives to serve Gordon. Uh, with a mustache. With a mustache. He looks like um, Inigo Montoya. <laughs> he does look like Inigo Montoya. He, he looks a little Mandy Patinkin-ish. Patinkin-ish. He absolutely does. <laughs> with short hair. Yeah. Uh, so he starts with a pesto fettuccine and a chicken milanese, which... The fettuccine is, like, cold and bland. And then the chicken milanese is, like, a breaded, flattened chicken that's been fried with, like, a pile of arugula on top. But like a pie, like a mouse. Like a, like a Christmas tree of arugula on top. <laughs> and Gordon, like, puts his fork in it and is like, oh, I can't eat this. My tooth is going to break because it is so hard and dry. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no. I don't know. The restaurant I work at has a really good fettuccine pesto. Um, and I was like, yeah, you can tell that that pasta looks shitty. There's like no sauce on it. Yeah, it looks, it looked also looked dry. Like, yeah. Alex is like, well, you're never going to believe this, but Paul doesn't like criticism. So this is going to go well. So he takes the food back to Paul, and Paul is like, I mean, I'm not here to impress Gordon Ramsay. And it's like, yeah, that's what you should be here to do, though. Like, it's literally the point of the show. You know what you're on. Yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't think that they're important or they're right because he's right. Ugh, it's exhausting. Yeah. So in between 
uh courses gordon meets leslie leslie who is like overly emotional that he's there she's like it's a miracle that you're here she's like can i give you a hug and he's like yeah like are you okay like <laughs> She cried, I think, no less than six times. She cries the entire episode, which, like, I get it. She's got, like, three kids at home and no money. Like, I would also be upset if my husband was a dick. Like, (laughs) Gordon gets the mushroom risotto next, which... This, this is what got me. (laughs) Why is it, it, why is it that color of gray? Like, it is a dark, how, what would you do to get that color of gray in a mushroom risotto it's supposed to be like beige (laughs) so my thought there is that the only ingredients that were in it were like rice and mushrooms because again like we have a really good like mushroom risotto in my restaurant and it's like a brown because they put a nice like demi glass on there um to go with like the beef stock that they make the risotto with Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just rice and mushrooms and that's what makes it like a disgusting color and then you have to put like basil and stuff on top of it so there's a little green and you put a little bit of cheese so there's a little bit of like texture but like that feels like just a mushroom and a white rice you know yeah it's almost like he cooked the rice to a paste and then and then blended mushrooms into it like it it doesn't look like i've made risotto i know how to make it's not that's not how you make risotto (laughs) <laughs> yeah um it's probably the kind of mushrooms too like if yeah. it's just a mushroom risotto you need like shiitake you need like like the richer ones mm-hmm. these are probably just like the like baby bell or whatever those are called not baby bell but you know just like the standard like white ones that yeah, you buy ba- are the they baby bellas store. baby bellas yeah baby bell is a cheese <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like the baby Bellas that are just like white. Yeah. That's probably all it was. If there was like a shiitake mix, it would be more of a brown because there's like a variation in color. That's what I think. Yeah. But it's so like solid that Gordon twirls the plate upside down and like a blizzard. When when you go to Dairy Queen and test the blizzard, it's like the risotto doesn't move. He like puts it on the wall where the plates are. He's like, it matches the decor. Like it doesn't move on the plate. That is not okay. Yeah. That is not <laughs> like, it is like cement consistency. Who the fuck would eat that? He's like, that has to go inside of my stomach. He he thinks that it's disgusting and mushy, which like of course it is. So yeah. then he gets almond crusted tilapia with jasmine rice and peppers. And firstly, everyone is like <laughs> Leslie's like, I love your jasmine rice. You you make a great jasmine rice. First of all, it's rice. Like it, that's a yeah. type of rice. It's not like made special. Yeah. Secondly, Gordon holds it up like a boob, and he goes, "Yeah, it's a boob." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's in like a little like like conical shape, and he's like boob, <laughs> like very twelve year old boy. <laughs> yeah, rice should not unless it's like sushi, like sticky rice. It shouldn't. It should not like be that. sticking. Yeah. No. This is not cool. So the rice is bland. The tilapia is mushy and greasy. Uh, throughout all of this, Paul is like, I just want to go home. And then Gordon looks at uh, Alex and is like, I'm still hungry. Duh. What do you have for dessert? And Alex is like, well, Sharon, our pastry stuff makes carrot cake and cheesecake in-house. And he's like, I'll take a slice of each. <laughs> this is when we get Sharon. My favorite character in this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sharon comes in and she's immediately like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And they're all like, oh, he's tasting your cake now. And so she goes out there and Gordon's like mid bite into this carrot cake. And she just goes, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, don't sneak up on me like that. (laughs) She's like a loud Italian New Jersey woman. She's great. (laughs) And Gordon's like, whose recipe is that she's like it's mine and he's like i love it she's like thank you he's like can i have it she's like for a price (laughs) they have like cute banter until she takes it too far and then and then he's like you make love to that cake well he takes it too far i think yeah he's like you make love to that carrot cake and she's like well i'm getting divorced so (laughs) either that or the the cake oh my god she did her best to keep the bit going she really did she she hits on gordon so hard this entire episode like shamelessly utterly shameless in her approach to gordon (laughs) ramsey sharon has a lot of passion gordon appreciates that a little too much passion maybe in the wrong spot but (laughs) so gordon goes back into the kitchen to meet with paul musley he praises the desserts firstly but then he's like everything else was shite Paul claims the mushiness and blandness is due to their clientele being of an older age, which I think is a shitty excuse. Old people want good food, too. (laughs) Yeah. um, A lot of old people come to my restaurant and they also complain when it's bland. So this happened in like the very beginning, like episode five, many moons ago now, where the guy was like, well, our entire clientele is literally the old folks from across the street. So we have to keep the food bland. And I'm like, old people want good food too. Like they don't want just like shitty tilapia. Like, Plus, like when you get older, your sense of smell goes out and that affects your sense of taste. So I would think you would want things that taste stronger yeah, so that they can actually taste it. They're not just That's the blander. Yeah. White bread and pudding. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, Gordon's upset and then he's like, I will be back for dinner service. Get on your get on your game for tonight. So the entire dinner service, Paul is falling apart and Sharon is flirting with Gordon. It's a great dynamic. <laughs> it really is. Dinner service starts and immediately like Gordon's like, What are these crab cakes? Because they're like pre-seared, but they look burnt. And Gordon's like, that's just gonna make them take longer to cook, and then they're gonna be overcooked, and then they go out and everyone's like, These crab cakes are overcooked. Also, they look so sad, just like one tiny little hockey puck of a crab cake on this yeah. like, giant plate. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not enough food for however much money you're paying for that. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Leslie, she he takes the crab cake situation to Leslie, and Leslie like is like, I was thought I wasn't aware. I thought everything was made fresh. Leslie doesn't know anything about the kitchen, but she's off. She's like, even at the end of lunch service, Leslie was like, Paul, I thought you were a good chef, but apparently you're a bad chef. Otherwise, like, of course you're a bad chef. Otherwise, why would we be in this situation? Like, she's like, she yeah. must saw the light. <laughs> she's like, oh, shit, my husband sucks. Like, uh. so then an hour in food starts going out but it's it's, like finally it takes like a bazillion years yeah but then it immediately comes back because it's cold like he left a steak sitting in a window for 12 minutes yeah he like set the timer that's a fucking nightmare oh like what if it had been like a seafood dish you can't do that yeah you You can't can't do that no and then everyone's (laughs) like in the like all the customers in the dining room talking to to each other because they can all talk to each other because the restaurant is the size of my pinky like just sitting in each other's laps eating bread and being like hey where's the food 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to like blame the servers here because it's not entirely the server's fault. No. But it seemed like the issue was that the servers were like, great, the food is here. I'm going to take it out. And then Pa would be like, no, we have to wait till like everything is going through. Yeah. Um, and once it had been five minutes, the server should have just been like, fuck you and just taken it. Yeah. Like, like they should have said no to the boss at that moment. And I get why they feel like they couldn't. That's just what should have happened. Yeah, because Paul know? Paul is mean. He yells at the servers because he's like, I can't do everything by myself. And yet he's trying to do everything by himself, even though he has yeah. Al, his sous chef, and Sharon helping him. And he is just like, all the servers are like, hey, can you, can I take this out now? Like, let me take some food out. Like, even Alex is like, hey, let me take some food out. Like, and Paul is like, no, I need the potatoes for that steak still. Why does it take you 12 minutes to take cook two potato wedges? like it shouldn't go on the window if it's not ready that's the other thing <laughs> it's just gonna get cold and gross yeah um before <laughs> before all of this uh gordon like is talking to sharon <laughs> and she is like telling him that he smells good and like rubbing up against him a little bit yeah and then in the talking head she's like and he just has a really cute butt <laughs> And it's like a really weird, it like sw uh, like goes to a clip where he's like hiking up his shirt in the back so we see his butt. Yeah, and like he had to know that this was happening. He had to know that this talking head was going to happen so, in order for him to give us this little tidbit here. You know, some producer had to be like, "Hey, Gordon, we need to get a good shot of your ass <laughs> for no reason. Just like don't don't question it. But we just really need <laughs> to look at that ass for a minute." <laughs> Because, like, Sharon's really trying to tap that. <laughs> yeah. And even Gordon's like, are you flirting with me, Sharon? And she's like, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sharon's also, like, got such a mouth on her. And every 10 seconds, she's, like, talking about how Paul's got PMS. <laughs> yeah. She just mentioned that a lot. Like, if he were a woman, like, he calm would down. I know 2008 was a different time, but. Yeah. Like, calm down, Sharon. Go make your cake. So food is taking us still taking an hour to get out. It's coming back because it's cold. And then we get the chicken milanese with the meltdown. Sharon is making yeah. the chicken milanese salads, like putting this out on top of the milanese. And Gordon looks over and it's literally like a mountain, like bigger than what he was served. <laughs> this like redwood tree of salad on top of this flat chicken. And Paul freaks out. He's like, take away half that salad. Paul is like, take away half that salad. Like, that's too much fucking salad. And he starts yelling at Sharon. And he's like, why can't we just make this chicken milanese right? Why can't this be the chicken milanese that we make right? Why do I have to show you how to do it? Like, for the 400th time, my 12-year can do it. Blah, 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 blah. Like, he's freaking out. And then Sharon just loses it. Like, well, in her, I think. <laughs> yeah, in her defense, he, like, absolutely loses it before she loses it. And she's just trying to, like, advocate for herself. Um He's really mean to her. <laughs> He's so mean. And she's like, you told me, you like, you yell at me if I don't pile it up high enough. You yell at me if I pile it up too high. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want from me, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then Gordon is like, shut it down. Like, we can't do this anymore. Like, it's, the kitchen is clean. Like, we don't have any gross food in the kitchen. It's the fact that Paul is just like, he cannot do this. So, yeah. Gordon shuts it down. We don't get a kitchen inspection in this episode because... Paul apparently keeps a good kitchen, so but. yeah, it would be good TV for him to just be like, "Oh, everything looks good." Yeah, <laughs> he he shuts it down, and Leslie breaks down into tears. 
like all the servers are like we're so sorry like we've never had to do this before paul continues to make excuses he's like this this isn't my fault like it's not my fault the food sucked like whatever and he he sits down with paul and leslie after the service and he's like gordon can't understand why paul can't see the problems in the restaurant because the, clearly all the problems are with paul yeah and gordon's like i need to reignite his passion which is my favorite thing that gordon says on this show <laughs> Yeah. He says it says it he says it all the time to like chefs who are down in the dubs and he's like, I need to reignite his passion. Paul confesses this is when Paul says, like, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Like, I'm not happy, like I'm overwhelmed. And that's Yeah, he's like, I see my wife and my kids and I can't face them and I yeah. like bring them shame. I bring shame to the family. The Bazzini name. <laughs> <laughs> I've besmirched the name of Bazzini. <laughs> is that an italian name that's gotta be an italian name right i guess what else would it be i don't know that's what i'm thinking like that's why i don't know circus people yeah he's of circus origin <laughs> circus origin story <laughs> it was birthed from the kitchen of pt barnum <laughs> i'm the great bazzini it's a it's not a circus person it's a magician yeah he he should be i take like i take it all back he's a magician for sure if my last name was bazzini i would for sure be in like some 12 year old birthday at some 12 year old birthday party right now like doing magic tricks you know yeah Yeah. no 100 percent. it's a magician name (laughs) i'm the great bazzini (laughs) so the next morning he in order to reignite paul's passion gordon gives paul a challenge of cooking a pasta dish with homemade pasta in 15 minutes so uh paul goes back in the kitchen and he's like he makes homemade pasta for the first time in like five years Ooh, and then he puts stuff on it like raw shrimp i don't know it was a weird i thought it looked great it was like a capellini like puttanesca uh, I think like a little olive oil, basil, and then the raw shrimp, which like like a ceviche sort of thing, which I'd fucking eat. That sounds great. I thought it looked weird, but I also don't like shrimp, so I'm also that'll do it. Allergic. I love shrimp, so I'm, I'm I'm like maybe allergic to them, so I don't eat them. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> but then he like goes in this. Paul goes in like a whole pasta monologue where he's like, "I just love pasta. Like you can do anything with it, dry, fresh." You can put any sauce on it, whatever you want. And Gordon's like, Yeah, it's because Gordon asks him, he's like, What does pasta mean to you? Yeah, and then Gordon's like, Well, slow down there, bud. Is that passion I hear coming from you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I never heard you sound so so happy about fucking pasta in my life. <laughs> he's like, I've seen more passion in the past like two minutes of you talking about pasta than i have in like your entire life yeah so gordon's like i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna run with it so behind everyone's back gordon sets up a lunch service for the day and then he comes back and like a like- surprise one like a gorilla <laughs> yeah. lunch service like, gordon goes onto the streets with menus is like hey come to bazini's for lunch we got lunch service and then he comes back to bazini's is like by the way we're doing lunch service and everyone's like surprise <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Uh, these two ladies that have never done front of house your servers now yeah so sharon and leslie are the waitresses and then paula's cooking in the back with gordon as a sous chef gordon says i'm gonna be your bitch so (laughs) 
they go back they have like a couple pasta specials a soup and a salad i think is what they have so the yeah. restaurant fills up and <laughs> sharon and leslie are a mess in the front of house like they forget spoons for soup they <laughs> they which like in their defense um if i had never been a server before and i walked into work not expecting to be a server and then gordon was like surprise there's also like a thousand people outside so it's a busy day it's a your first it's your first day and it's busy and you've had no training you know oh i would also freak out i don't know how to be a server like i would yeah. drop a plate i would be so scared <laughs> yeah like it's a little intuitive but it is like when you're stressed out a lot of things like you need to replace the forks when you clear plates like that sort of thing is not necessarily like a natural thing um, especially when you have what looks like 12 tables at once you know yeah so but overall like lunch is great like they do a great job they get it out really fast like it gets to the people who are like wow this is so good wow i can't believe how fast this wow can't believe this wow like it's just all cutting to the the people in the restaurant going oh my god this is so good and everyone's like yay we did it we did lunch it should be an everyday thing at bazinis yeah so that's that's the the last good thing to happen in this episode (laughs) yeah so the next night we're at relaunch night now but before that we get another fucking like here's what's gonna happen next in kitchen nightmares and i feel like they were especially long in this episode for no reason it's because they uh had to make up time for the no kitchen inspection i guess they keep showing a picture of like a house burning like a picture of a house burning in the stove (laughs) there's no fire in this episode that was last episode (laughs) the social media intern was like given the graphic design intern was like given a little freedom yeah (laughs) there's 2010 (laughs) so they relaunch night um they renovate the restaurant and the outside looks so much better it's they put like a nice trellis they got like a nicer sign they spruced it up with some plants the inside is fine it's just like beige it's better than the yellow um it's better than the yellow but they could have added a color that wasn't yeah (laughs) it made it at least like less distracting so that you walk in and the focus is not the walls you know yeah it's just like beige walls beige chairs beige table like it's it just all feels muted i just wish it was a little more exciting that's all yeah they could have replaced the plates with something else you know yeah like a little more shit on the walls they could have given us an accent wall at least like come on yeah yeah and also the napkins now say fresh pasta made daily on them which seems which like okay yeah yeah that's not where i Um, would put that saying i would put it on the menu but and it's just like a little paper strip right yeah it's just like a little strip around the napkin and i'm like you're gonna have to make those all the time you're gonna have to reprint them you're gonna have to like throw them away after every use you're gonna have to put them on the napkin that's like a whole other thing of side work you know i don't think gordon thinks about these things or has any say in what happens (laughs) (laughs) i think he's just there to introduce everything yeah the new restaurant comes a new menu and it's focused on fresh pasta pasta as gordon says pasta pasta they went from 27 dishes to 15 dishes which honestly is good because that kitchen is so small yeah they rolled out a red carpet for the premiere 
which I thought was weird. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do, Gordon. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> like the mayor's coming, I guess. But like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know he needed a red carpet. They keep saying there's a bunch of VIPs in the restaurant. I'm like, fucking who? <laughs> like, yeah, Ridgefield, New Jersey. Like <laughs> Ridgewood. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like who's turning up you know <laughs> yeah uh the mayor apparently <laughs> and yeah but like is that important <laughs> i guess so the makeover this my little website says the makeover is dramatic it's not <laughs> um everyone's really happy they're really excited relaunch night starts strong uh, paul's got a new attitude he is like delegating he's giving everyone good orders he's not yelling at anybody and then the first dish goes up in the past and the calamari is a little raw. And from then on out, Paul loses everything. <laughs> like, it's just downhill from there, bud. He really does just lose his shit entirely. Over, like, like, one raw calamari squid. Yeah. Yeah. So dinner service, relaunch service, it pretty much goes the same as the first dinner service, where it takes an hour and a half for everyone to get food. It shouldn't take you 45 minutes to cook a pasta dish. No. It takes. He did it in 15 minutes. He made the fresh pasta. He took the dough, right? Made the noodles, and then everything else in 15 minutes. You know, like, like it. It takes you two minutes to boil fresh pasta. If it was like dry pasta, 10 minutes. You know, like yeah. But it's he starts yelling at a sous chef a lot, and poor Al, who doesn't say anything this episode. Poor Al just like walks out. He just dips. Which is not responsible, but it's not. But like they, like Paul was. Re- I I get it. I get why. If I was that frustrated, I would have punched Paul, because Paul is just like yelling at him, and he's literally like, "You're giving me the wrong things to do." Like yeah. you were, we're focusing on the wrong areas. Even Gordon's like, "You're, you're cooking in a way that isn't efficient. Like cook these dishes at the same time because they're the same dishes, and we can just get something out of this kitchen." Yeah. And so Al leaves and Sharon steps up and helps crank out food and Gordon also helps. And even as Gordon and Sharon are helping, Paul is still not communicating with them because Gordon's like got a risotto in his hand. He's like, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? And Paul is just silent. And Gordon's like, are you fucking ready? Like, (laughs) uh, and Gordon's like, this is the most I've cooked for a relaunch ever in my life. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't usually cook. in these episodes like this yeah and everyone's like and the talking head is like will the food be worth the wait and then all the customers are like this was so worth the wait so i guess it was good i i guess i'm glad it was i guess can you imagine (laughs) even after waiting for an hour and a half if i got the best food in the world i think i would still be pissed off (laughs) i would not still be there if it had been an hour and a half i would have been like bring me the check i'll pay for the wine and i'm out yeah (laughs) there are 59 other restaurants in this city i can go to (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't love when gordon says good girl i hate that i hate it a lot (laughs) he says it a lot to sharon it's because he knows that like sharon's all up in that you know but this isn't the only time he says it he says good girl and big boy a lot like those are his like nomenclatures for people in <laughs> look big boy is funny <laughs> like when he gets frustrated at paul he goes come on big boy get it together <laughs> that's it's like, funny it's like just demeaning enough where you get yeah. a little frustrated and you're like i'm not a i'm i am a big boy like <laughs> I'm a fucking big boy. <laughs> and 
then Sharon is over there like, I am a good girl. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Gordon. Gordon and his weird sayings. <laughs> Drink every time he says good girl. <laughs> like, just to forget. Yeah. <laughs> just to forget. So at the end, after everything that's happened, customers are happy and they brand relaunch as success. I would say it's a thousand percent not. <laughs> I would also say it's a thousand percent not. It is not a success. Like Gordon meets no. with them afterwards and he's like, Sharon, you are the key to this restaurant staying open longer because you can get shit done and you should be a sous chef, honestly. And then he sits down with Paul and Leslie and is like, I don't think you can do this, Paul. Like, he straight up tells yeah. Paul, like, I don't believe in you, bud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Paul's like, no, I can turn this around. I, I think I can do this. And he's like, no, nah, you're too full of excuses. Like, you're full of shit. Like, you can't do this, dude. And But he wants to be proven wrong. Spoiler, he isn't. Um, the restaurant did close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, at the end, we see that uh, Sharon did leave the restaurant to go start her own bakery, which good for her. And they got yeah. a, they got a different sous chef, chef uh, a stronger one. They say, so that's the end of Bazzini. Yeah, I mean, the issue, like the core issue, was that he was a good chef but not a good businessman. Um, he got too wrapped up in like being the owner, and he couldn't like that sucked out of all the life out of him. Um, I don't know who would have bought that restaurant, but it seems like the solution would have been if they could like sell it mm-hmm. to somebody. He could be the chef. And then if that was his only responsibility, he'd probably do a lot better. Yeah. It, I mean, Gordon and other restaurant shows have said this before. Where they're working in their business and not on their business. And so he's so focused on, like, getting all of the minutiae done that he can't see the big picture of what's wrong. Yeah. And then he en- ends up just getting frustrated and giving up, essentially. Yeah. Which... I get it. It's a hard industry to like do. And if you think like I've been doing this for a long time as a chef, I I too would probably think it would be easier to open my own restaurant because I would know how restaurants work. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. So, yeah, um, I know they didn't have any money, but like it seemed like maybe Leslie could have stepped up and done some business stuff or they should have hired like an accountant, like that sort of thing. Yeah, there is an episode yeah in a couple of seasons where Gordon hires an accountant for them. <laughs> Cause he's like, yeah, I remember that episode. You guys suck. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> well, before I tell you what happened next, do you have any final thoughts on the episode? Um, oh, I remembered. Um, I want to know how, like when Bazzini's first opens, how they created the menu. If his forte is pasta. And yet there was like only the, you know the fettuccine pasta and then everything else they served was like the risotto and like the milanese or whatever um i want to know why he didn't just like have a pasta restaurant you know or like an italian restaurant um i wonder what the menu creation looked like it also didn't seem innovative yeah it it says innovative american cuisine and i'm like it's it's not it's an almond crusted fish with rice yeah like, literally a fettuccine pesto yeah like it's not innovative but okay yeah yeah i don't know i i too would be curious how they made the menu i wonder what his forte is because it, it's they present it like it is pasta but maybe he thought it was something else yeah it's just it's so weird that he won all these awards and like so quickly it didn't matter you know yeah yeah, I mean, I guess it's easier to work for somebody else sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what happened yeah. next? 
I do. Okay. <laughs> so Paul hired another sous chef to replace Al. There was a boost in business, but Sharon left to focus on her dessert business, simply homemade desserts. Gordon does return later in a revisited episode, but he arrives to a dark and abandoned restaurant and assumes that Bazzini's is closed for lunch, but he phones pastry chef Sharon and he discovers that they are actually closed permanently. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. So he does, he goes to visit Sharon instead and uh, sees that she's baking cakes and is doing well. So he goes hang and hangs out with Sharon. <laughs> oh, good. Is Sharon still doing that? Do I don't know? know. I should look it up. Will you look up Simply Homemade Desserts? and yeah jaren and see if she's still doing stuff the single yelp review after gordon visited is negative and complains of poor service from the hostess which i guess was lovely yeah i guess a review on patch rates the service as acceptable and the atmosphere is not welcoming paul and leslie were critical of the show they were told they told a local news site that they were naive of the process did not see much of gordon except for filming and there were attempts to stir up tension Bazzini closed in June 2010 and Paul became chef at Jersey Boys Grill. He is currently chef at Hearth. He is currently the chef at Hearth and Tap with his Hearth and Tap Co. with his son Andrew, who is also a chef. Bazzini aired on February 5th, 2010, and the episode was filmed in July of 2009. That's Bazzini's. Uh, Sharon is very much still in business. Hell yeah, it Sharon. It looks like she's rebranded to be called the Cake Lady. She Ooh. works in Harriman, New York now. Uh, she's very active on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Can I order a cake to be delivered to me? Looks like it. Should I order a cake yeah. from Sharon? <laughs> Her last post was uh, June 3rd, so she's very much still making cakes. Cake lady. And they look cute as hell, honestly. Harriman, New York. I don't know where that is. It must be upstate somewhere. Yeah, her handle on what looks like everything is cakelady2561. Nice. Good for her. Good for Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, she has a website, www.thecakeladyherriman.com. Let's click on that. Yep, here it Look is. Look at her. Look at her still baking cake. What are all those colorful cakes? Happy Pride. Happy Pride, yeah. Sharon. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> Do you think she'll be on my podcast? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Can she? You have to. You have to. We have to pursue that. <laughs> we, we have to DM. We have to DM Sharon. <laughs> There's a contact absolutely i bet you could do that sharon i want to know what happened at bazzini's yeah they're closed on mondays maybe she'll be on your podcast on her day off what she looks great gordon ramsay like has his stamp of approval on her website good for her yeah i'm so excited for her (laughs) her website links look a little broken but that's okay that's fine can i order a cake i want to deliver I'll, I'll i'll explore this later let me know if i should get sharon on the podcast because she's a hoot and a half so <laughs> yeah at least she was in 2010 yeah like 11 years ago yeah she'd probably be like why the fuck are you watching this episode still oh my god her cakes look amazing right they look so good should i order a carrot cake i don't really like carrot cake but i'll get one of her other cakes that napoleon cake looks amazing yeah it does Everyone, I don't know Sharon, and she doesn't know me, but I'm promoting her fucking website. Go to thecakeladyherriman.com and order your Like, because this looks great. Look at the rainbow cake. Happy Pride. Yeah. Like, a cake? Like, a Nutella cake? Ooh, cupcakes? What's the cupcake situation? She even has gluten-free. She has flourless. Uh, online ordering is currently closed. We're not taking orders right now. Boo! Uh, you'd have to call probably i'm gonna i'm gonna take a road trip up to harriman new york wherever that is <laughs> where is yeah that? let's look harriman new york 
How far is it from NYC? That's all I need to know. Maps. Maps. It looks like a cute little town. Yeah. Oh, it's like a little far. It's upstate. It's it's like halfway between New York and Poughkeepsie. <laughs> okay. That's not that far, though. I think it's like a, probably a two-hour drive. Hell yeah. Well, if you want me to take a, a drive up to Harriman, New York to see Sharon and her cakes, uh, Venmo me. Uh, <laughs> so I can oh my god, there. yeah. Business business expense. Yeah. I need I need like a couple hundred bucks to rent a car for a day. And uh, yeah, so my Venmo is... No. <laughs> My Venmo is just my name. It's just Courtney Sile. So if you do want to Venmo me, like, I, I won't say no. <laughs> Cake Lady Fund. I'll do a vlog. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I would watch that. I would watch that. Somebody fund this, uh, ex- like this vacation for me. <laughs> this like day, this day of me driving up to fucking Harriman, New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, I love when the the what happened next are like this, where they're like, we're like one wild thing <laughs> happens, and this is Sharon's episode now. So, <laughs> Paul, who? Yeah, who cares about Bazzini's? This is Sharon. Bazzini, who? This is for the cake. We do this for the cake lady. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> uh, Alana, where can people find you if they want to? Yeah, I am very existent on the internet at Alana Fine Woman on pretty much every social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, definitely TikTok. I make a lot of restaurant content, so it's sort of on brand with what you do here. Um, And on Twitch, I do Twitch stream about once a week, usually Wednesdays about 7 o'clock Pacific Coast time. Courtney is always there, so come hang out with us while we play games. Um, I am also the host of my own podcast called It's Broadway Bitch, where my friend Christina, who hates musicals, sits down with me, who loves musicals. I force her to watch them and we chat about them. That's available anywhere you find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, the whole thing. And you can find them on social media at It's Broadway Bitch, no I in bitch on Instagram and Twitter. That's where I am. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you guys just watch Cats, right? <laughs> Oh man, we are. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to do the Cats double feature um, of like Cats the Pro Shot musical and then Cats the movie. Um, I required her to watch the musical before the movie because I think it's extremely important for her to be familiar with the source material before we see how wrong it went (laughs) with the movie. And we do have a special like comedian guest for the Cats movie. Uh, So I think it's going to be an absolutely bonkers fucking episode. Who directed the movie? Tom Hooper, Tom who's Hooper. a menace to society. <laughs> where, did, where did we go wrong with him? <laughs> he is just too much hubris. <laughs> you know, if you can't call T.S. Eliot, you just call T-Swift. Yeah. Actual actual quote from Taylor Swift. <laughs> I legitimately forgot that she was in it. <laughs> I will never forget Idris Elba as, like, naked cat. It was, it was so weird. <laughs> Uh, make sure you tune into It's Broadway, bitch. I have like a verbal essay prepared. It's about eight minutes long. You should just play that clip from the other Broadway podcast where they're singing the national anthem <laughs> and he's like explaining the plot of Black Cats at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's an episode of a podcast I listen to called Broadwasted, where the hosts take like prominent uh, Broadway like actors and writers and that sort of thing. They come on the podcast, they get like super drunk they drink through the whole thing this is an episode with mike faced who was in dear evan hansen and uh what's his name 
Will something. I totally am blanking on his name, who was also in Dear Heaven Hansen. Um, and at the end, they are like so fucking shit faced. Um, and Mike is just like off in his own, like singing the Star Spangled Banner while War, uh, Will is like, okay, we have to talk about cats because people shit on cats, but it is such like a beautiful, like it's so important to the musical theater community and history. And he goes on like a huge rant while he's just like singing the Star Spangled Banner <laughs> in the corner. And I was like, this is my vibe right here. <laughs> this it, is my aesthetic. It is truly one of the funniest things you've ever showed me. <laughs> and i was like i don't know anything about cats but <laughs> yeah but yeah i have a verbal essay as to why the cats musical quote unquote works and how the movie focuses on the worst things about it and that's why the movie is such a travesty uh but you'll have to listen to it's broadway bitch to hear all that uh tune in for the next couple of weeks we got our cats double feature coming hell yeah dude I also have a verbal essay, but it's about why Order of the Phoenix is actually the best Harry Potter book. Good. That's for a different time. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm going to quickly pl- plug uh, my other podcast, Trailer Trashed. We are almost halfway through our road trip of the United States through film. Oh, wow. And oh boy, it's we just got out of Illinois and that was a long episode. And I think we're in Missouri this week. I don't remember. Grayson, Grayson keeps track. But if you like my voice... Are you going to watch three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri? No, because apparently Grayson doesn't like that movie, so... <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> I think we're watching Paper Moon, which, yeah. I, which I think is a share movie. Good. Okay, that's better. I don't choose the films. I just watch them. Grayson does all of the work for this podcast now. <laughs> just honestly, I just show up and watch the movie and edit it, so... <laughs> That's fair. But everyone tune into Trailer Trashed. It's there's no Ian Trashed. So and thank you for listening to this episode of Ramsey's Recaps, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bing. You have to end it. <laughs> yes, I do. As long as in control. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ramsey's Recaps. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Ramsey's Recaps. You can also follow me on TikTok to see all of the recipe videos that go with the episodes at It's a Me Courtney one And if you want to support us financially, you can throw a few dollars our way on Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash Courtney Style. The links to everything will be in the description. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.